1: To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Talking to Vlado Bosanek, Uh, he's the CEO of Advanced Human Imaging. Uh, The acronym is AHI, and we're going to talk about his work. So, Vlado, thank you for coming. Thanks, Richard.
2: Pleasure to be with you today.
1: Yeah. Tell me about uh, a little bit about your background and then uh, what led to the, uh, you know, the creation of this company or your job as CEO of the company.
2: Absolutely. So my background was primarily in uh, finance, investment, banking side of things. Um, spent my early years in property development and uh, raising capital with the equity markets to uh, to expand that business and um involved in that for now three decades and uh, assisting people in both listing companies or liquidity events for their organizations along the way as and the financings that they they were looking for at the time uh, with that you pick up a wealth of experience and certainly get a, a fairly broad network of, of people you you meet over the years and um, advanced human imaging which started its life out as my physique is a um, mobile phone based digital technology we utilize the camera functionalities and the uh, the power of mobile phones now to dimensionalize the human form for a number of different reasons it was an idea I came up with when I was um, sitting with a friend and uh, enjoying a good glass of wine and some cheese at our wine region here in Western Australia and he was showing me some work he was doing with video capture and um, professional athletes trying to help them understand why they were injuring themselves in the different sports of their choice. And through that motion analysis, he was using avatars to measure their, their force versus their weight when they were playing their, their selected sports. And through that, he was able to give them an understanding of where the, the force and uh, gait analysis was creating the injury so they could train differently to get around that, that particular problem.
1: Quick question. Is this, this, so this is active imaging, like when the athletes in training, you're doing imaging as they're doing a series of, of motions that they would normally do during their sport and characterizing their biomechanics.
2: Correct. Correct. So what they were doing was actually um, they were enhancing through video and understanding the, the movement. So the, the whole process was being video recorded And they would put it through a a mathematical equation with some inputs around the person's size, shape and and movement that they were participating in. And it would come out as an avatar showing through uh, red, green and yellow, the highlighted areas where the maximum amount of force was being impactful on the individual's uh, body. Pretty unique. I I love the idea of it. And um, I said to him, Gee, it would be really interesting if we could use that same sort of technology to measure the person's circumferences and lengths rather than just the force, because there's a huge gap in the market to be able to get clothing to fit you when you're buying clothing online. And uh, he said to me very quickly, hey, I'm a sports biomechanic. He said, I am not the scientist behind the technology itself. And uh, he said, but listen, I'm happy to introduce you to that gentleman and happy to say eight years down the track now, this gentleman's working for me and has been ever since. And uh, we've created what is now called Advanced Human Imaging. But why we were initially called My Physique was because we were measuring individuals' physiques um, for both the health and fitness industry as well as the clothing market. So that was the primary reasoning behind why we wanted to develop the technology. We thought if you could self-appraise when training and understand the changes are happening, it helps you pivot and make good decisions in your training regimes, your dieting, and so on. And my background was um, in competitive bodybuilding, so from my side of things, I thought I had huge interest in being able to understand the changes I was I was going through.
1: Can we give an example? Like, what would, how would an athlete use this and change what they're doing? Like, what what's an example you've seen of how this works? Uh, it,
2: it's there's a myriad of, of reasons you would use this, but if I keep it low level, when you go to the gym and you train, you jump on the scale, you get appraised by the gym where they run a tape measure around you and do calibre tests and all sorts of things to see if you are getting a change in your your shape, size, condition um, to make sure that the, the outcomes you're working towards are being achieved. And uh, what I looked at is if I could measure the human form in a really granular manner to be able to deliver very accurate and and, um, easy to access dimensional change a person using that such as myself if i was training and let's just say i wanted to improve my chest size um to be more proportionate or i was looking for a change in arm size or shoulder size or leg size i could use this tool to see if those changes were happening the beauty of the tool and the ease of using it the accuracy it delivers through a mobile phone mind you which is is uh, to me the holy grail of delivering to a consumer it it was able to give me that sort of precision change to know what i was doing in my training was giving the effect i was hoping for now when you're training can can
1: we break this down a little bit more like let's say um i don't know your biceps tendon was inflamed and your bicep and your left arm was weak how specifically would you use this would you film yourself curling with the left and right arm and it would tell you all right change the angle at which you're pulling the weight towards your bicep or you know don't contract fully stop at like 80% like how specifically would this help you with a condition no, like that? This,
2: like? yeah it's completely different in actual fact but what we do is we we actually measure so we're not measuring the in this particular case when using our technology we measure circumference change or length change so what we're looking at here is not the same sort of technology, the gentleman we're using in the, the performance sports area of injury, but this is to actually measure dimensional change. So when, when we, you would use this and you would measure yourself with the tool, it will give you a chest measurement when you do your initial onboarding with the technology and scan yourself, it will give you measurements across your body. And then as you train, you can have – well, you can do this as many times as you like, but let's say weekly you um, did another body scan and you've got a comparative analysis uh, capability within the application that shows you where you were a week ago versus today if you were to do another one today. And you can see if those changes are taking place both dimensionally as well as um, longitudinally over – we have some charts in there that assist you in understanding it. we are a B2B business that supplies a measurement technology. So what I want to make sure that listeners understand is we are not the fitness application that says, this is what you should eat, and this is what you should be doing in the way of the exercise. We are simply a measurement tool. So we assist partners, which are the, you know, the photic- photocracies of the world or you know something like the Floyd Mayweather boxing app. People are training and using those technologies And we embed ourselves within those technologies and provide to their pre-existing consumers an ability to track their changes through their routines and their their training.
1: Have you ever tried to uh, you know measure yourself? Then you do a workout and then you measure yourself right after to see the pump. And would that tell you anything? Like, oh, on average, my muscles experience like a you know a five percent increase in girth, but for some reason, this muscle after the workout only is 2%, maybe something's going on there. I mean, could you use it as a diagnostic in that way? Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives in our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show.
2: You certainly could, and and yeah, I have. I think that when you look at the the side of you know, bodybuilding or, or training in gyms and and the way the whole fitness industry works, it's, it's definitely run on vanity. There's no question we work that hard because we want to see an outcome and look after ourselves and we want to know those changes are happening. So I've often used it just to see what the dimensional change was through the workout to see you know, if I'm getting enough blood in that muscle because that's what creates the growth so i've used it a few times to do that just to simply see but from a a more sort of clinical perspective you have know, to really understand whether that outcome is happening you really need to use it over time and not not just after workouts because that's a, that's sort of a, a false positive for one way of explaining that you you put the blood in the muscle and you'll get that that that's a nice to know but it doesn't necessarily tell you you've had the outcome that you want that that is something that you would get from using the tool consistently over time it'll show you those changes and why why I'm pointing out the importance of that is because when you are training and especially in bodybuilding where you're trying to improve a muscle a size of a muscle that does take time so you could train on a specific routine you get that volumization through the training of the pump and weeks and weeks later you don't seem to be getting the result that uh, you were hoping for. Now that can be a combination of either the training or the nutrition, but this tool can tell you on a week by week basis, if the small changes are happening that you wouldn't identify in the mirror and you wouldn't identify just by jumping on a scale um, from that side of things because you don't see those small changes. When you have a tool with this sort of precision, this sort of accuracy, you can use that to see the millimeters of change and uh, not wait weeks and weeks and weeks on the same training routine if it really isn't escalating the way you want it to, you can pivot and change what you were doing. So it's a very useful tool in in that side of things. So it was where we began our life, being a, an athlete myself at the time, it was something that I, I really saw value in. And certainly the fitness industry has, has embraced the technology to do so. But as I said, that's where we started. That was advanced human imaging.
1: How much of a pump did you observe? It'd just be cool to know, like, you know, a five percent increase in girth or a ten, or you know, like, what did you see from looking at that with yourself?
2: Yeah, no, really depended on on the muscle size. Um, when when it was a smaller muscle group, such as arms, if you worked both uh, the the bicep and the tricep, you could see up to a fifteen percent change in in the arm through the workout because you can the volume of blood you can force into the small area. When it was legs, a little bit different, and certainly across back or chest or something like that. Little bit different as well, but between a five and a 15% volume difference could be identified through the app, through training.
1: Let's say I was working out and I wanted to increase the size of, again, my arms. I'm just making this up. Could I do, you know, a whole bunch of different exercises and use your system before and after and then choose one like, oh, for some reason, this exercise, you know, gets my biceps to be uh, 10% bigger. And all the other ones, the temporary pump is only 5%. So I'm going to go with the theory that the exercise that gives me more of a pump will be more beneficial to me over time. Have you ever seen someone do that or would that be a, a, a good strategy?
2: Uh, no, I haven't seen anyone do that, to be quite honest. And um, that, that's sort of something that as a person training that understands their body when they're training, they, they would understand there's also so many interlocking factors that would change why that exercise would be different, and that can come right down to the the nutrition you've had pre or post the workouts, uh, because of the the volume of carbohydrate your body is taking, and can make a difference on on how much you know, blood volume you get at the time as well. So no, I haven't haven't done that myself. Haven't seen anybody or had anyone come to me say oh, I did this and and that's how I selected my particular workout on the day. Um, no, it was more more on the fullness of time to be able to use the tool. You know, the way it was meant to be used to understand those changes are ha- happening longitudinally to assist you in, in changing things. And the converse side of that is when um, when you plateau in a workout and you see you're not making any change um, through those dimensions, you, you step it up. You can change things, but you're seeing that rather than waiting
0: until you... If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.
1: You said there's tons of factors that could affect you know, your your muscle building, for instance, in that example. So you're just thinking that if you look at this over several weeks' time, that all those temporary effects will average out and you'll still get a good indicator of whether you're doing the right thing for yourself or the best thing or not?
2: Well, it's not the, the, so much that if you're calling the temporary effect the, the pump that you get at the workout, well, we all know that's the temporary effect. But what, what the tool's able to do, because it gives you accurate change in size, it, you're able to actually look at that um, from week to week, day to day, and make decisions on the different body parts that you've measured to see that those changes are happening.
1: No, well, what I'm saying is, like, uh, you know, I know the pump is just temporary, but it's a faster feedback. And you were saying, like, if you didn't eat well that day, for instance, you know, you may not get nearly the effect. But if I'm looking at it over, you know, let's say six weeks, and and I look back, who's to say that my nutrition was dialed in for those six weeks or not? Or, again, it's, you know, some people have a bad day or so, but on the average over, let's say, a six-week time period, a lot of those effects will just be averaged out and they won't impact your ability to figure out truly what works and what doesn't.
2: Well, listen, everybody says that, you know, 80% of getting a result in your training is your nutrition. So they they all play factors into the outcomes that you're working towards. The, the training is, is a big part of it, but I, I've seen people absolutely flog themselves in the gym and never change because when they walk out the door, they don't put the right food in their mouth to, to make sure that that recovery and the cause of effect takes place. So, you know, you can get in the gym and hurt yourself um, doing the workouts and get the doms and all of the effect in, in the gym. But then once you, you leave, if you don't put the nutrition in your body to deliver the growth or the change or reduction, um, then that that's the downside. It's we measure. So uh, we are probably going down the wrong path frankly with the 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 information i'm supplying here it's um the technology is a measurement technology and that's what it's set up to do it measures you and it tells you if change is happening it doesn't give you a a recommendation engine for exercise or nutrition or anything like that there are companies out there that have done it for decades they do it very well and they what we do is we partner with those organizations and we we augment their uh, their environment by giving them this technology to be able to help their their consumers understand that the workouts they're doing and direction they're being given and nutrition being provided to them is giving them the effect they're looking for
1: yeah that makes sense so I, I guess you've tried this on yourself or at least you've seen you know x number of athletes do it what are what are some of the pri- surprising insights that you or other people that have used that have gotten
2: I think probably the most impactful changes we've seen have been in in people looking to really understand their their health and um, the the amount of information they can glean from the technology because um, as I was moving on from my physique now, so we we can pivot now, we can talk about advanced human imaging. We've taken the technology down a completely different path because being able to assess the human form so many different ways with measurement. And we've built a body fat algorithm using medical grade imaging, also that we we ha- have on the device. But you couple these things together and you start to identify chronic disease risk that's generally based around obesity or access uh, body fat, which causes so many of the chronic diseases around the world. So you're able to use the technology to do an analysis in that sense. So if you looked at the technology today, as Advanced Human Imaging, we supply back a, a number of markers that have been predetermined by, you know, global authorities such as the World Health Organisation or the International Diabetes Federation, where they've said, you know, if your waistline is X, your risk of diabetes is Y and so on. So what we've done is we've actually coded the application measurement solution to identify those areas and those dimensions and the proportions, you know, versus waist versus hip ratios and so on, where it gives you a clear indicator if you would be at risk due to your central adiposity, which is the, the fat that you hold around the centre of your body. And it, it gives you clear indicators. And again, we use a red and the green um, scoring system where we show somebody where they sit in the risk curve of you know, things like you know, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, stroke and so on. And with that, we've coupled up a number of other technologies into our platform. And part of the reason we went down the name change is we have a transdermal imaging capability, which is the the ability to, to videotape someone 's sorry not videotape but video capture somebody 's face um, using a mobile phone and we we get the blood flow readings from the the transdermal imaging of the of the camera, and uh, we report back there. Their different vital signs such as blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate, irregular heart rate, stress, emotion and so on. Um, so we've advanced the technology extensively over the last few years to be able to give people a very clear and concise snapshot of what their risk factors are across chronic disease and and those of us that spend a little bit of time in this lane understand that 70 percent of most deaths each year are correlated to um, chronic disease. that most of the time is manageable if caught early enough and and that's where our technology really delivers its greatest value it is an assessment tool and that's where we've seen it really do its greatest work where we've done a number of pilots and work with big user groups where they've utilized the technology to assist people in understanding their dimensional change but when they see that and they can see that across the actual spectrum of the different risks they might be posing to themselves because of the amount of body fat they're holding um, and so on. It gives them that wake-up moment where they think, gee, I really need to do something about this. Because as humans, there are two things we do in our life. We go to a doctor when we're sick already. So that's episodic care. We want to really try to remove that episodic care, habitual way that we deal with being ill and going to see a doctor and give people a tool that gives them that, That early warning system that early diagnostic capability to know that they're even if they're not ill but their their readings that we pick up through the technology say you're heading in the wrong direction it's a really good wake-up call and as humans we see the adverts on tv we see don't eat this don't drink that and so on and we always look at those ads and think well that's not me the truth is it is most of us and we really need to understand that, and having a tool such as this gives you the ability to know that well that is you or you are trending in the wrong direction to be that person and you know we we walk around the streets and we we do the things that we do each day thinking we're okay but this this sort of um, chronic disease illness it creeps up on you and it's, it, and it's all of a sudden there because you've got sick it, you' know, put on the weight the, t- the pants have got tighter you know, things change on your body, but because you, you, it's so incremental and slow, you don't feel it until there's an event, until something's gone really wrong. And that's when you so, go to the doctor.
1: All right. So, Vlado, what are some of the uh, the metrics that someone would use on themselves and what would warn them? You know, what are you looking for? Like, again, waist size, the hip or, you know, like blood flow in the face? Like, what are the the top metrics that you've observed so far that are useful to people?
2: When you look at our capture suite, we give people back chest, waist, hips and thighs as the core measurements. We also give them back their body composition or their total body fat. And if you look back to the last 50 years, the way insurers or doctors have worked with understanding your risk position is the doctor gets to see you. You walk into the office and he looks at you. And I can tell you the minute you walk in, he's already deciding what blood test he's going to send you for um, once he's seen your shape and your size now he puts you on a scale generally he'll check your heart and he will do your blood pressure so we're able to do this via a mobile phone sitting there at home you can do this with our tool now if you look at organizations that have used insurers are a perfect example or, or any health assessment application or i shouldn't say application but uh, clinician they look at bmi they, they do the calculations of bmi and the, the idea of bmi is to understand what your total body fat percentage is because that's a a direct correlator to disease or chronic disease risk. Now, everyone knows that's a flawed measure. If you were to look at Dwayne Rock Johnson and weigh him, his height and everything, you would say he's morbidly obese. Now, he's clearly not morbidly obese. So when you look at that across athletes where they carry more muscle than the usual person of their height and gender, are there are always these flaws in these calculations so it misrepresents what the person's actual health risk is so the benefits of our tool is we've digitized these captures and the most important measurement and the nhs in the uk has come out with studies and have really turned the way they look at how they assess people and the risk uh, as the you know the, the nation's um, health system and they are using waistline now as the primary indicator of what they believe the risk a person is uh, subjecting themselves to is around what is your waistline because your waistline is a direct indicator with how much fat you're carrying in a certain area. Now the beauty of a tool like ours is we can measure that for you and hand it back against the world health standards and say for your height, gender and weight this is where you sit in a risk curve for the chronic diseases such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and so on, based on that simple measurement. It's as simple as that. We go deeper than that because when you can correlate the the waist size with hip ratio and shoulder size, for instance, it tells you whether that person is pear-shaped or shaped like a V. So you can really start to analyze, analyze shape against dimension so that you can remove that inefficiency of BMI when someone's got a reasonable sized waist but their shoulders are ginormous versus a person that's got narrow shoulders and a huge waist but you put them on a scale and they're the same height and weight right so that is where these measures are flawed when you use a technology like ours we're able to break that out and get rid of that that wrong analysis if you like from that but waistline alone when you then couple that with the vital signs capability that we deliver around you know blood pressure heart rate respiratory rate and so on we're actually able to very accurately diagnose metabolic disease for individuals and that way they can understand from a risk curve across four or five different things that could indicate uh, chronic disease risk we're capturing them digitally so they're not having to go to the the doctor to look at that
1: Well, very good. So, Vlado, what's the best way for people to find out more about this product? It seems like it has tons of applications. Uh, Some good, some some bad, but yeah. I just imagine uh, being being interrogated by like some government official and they're using this app on me and looking at the blood flow in my face and seeing if I'm lying. You know, I'm, I'm imagining some dystopian uses, but I know it has a lot of positive uses. So where can people find it? And
2: that's a really good point that you make there. So very importantly, our technology is utilised by an individual on their device privately. So nothing that is operated through our technology goes to anybody without their consent. So even the images taken through the scanning of the body, they are actually processed on the device. They are then deleted throughout the process. And they are not sent to anyone in actual fact we've set the technology up that it does not even store those images on the device for the individual it, it actually eliminates them from the application straight away when it's done the measurement the transdermal imaging of the face the only piece of the algorithm that leaves the phone is is not the images we we make sure from a gdpr and safety of, of data perspective. Nothing leaves the phone from our, any of our processes that is ever personally identifiable for the individual so they can use it with absolute comfort that their, their privacy and their data is being being um, locked down in their device. The, the only part of the transdermal imaging that goes to the cloud is the blood flow, which is not personally identifiable and certainly nothing to do with the video imaging of the face when we do this. So it's a good point that you bring up because there are a lot of people very concerned about how their personal data is utilised. So when we partner with an organisation to supply our technology, we don't even know who they've put on the technology. All we do is tokenize the allowance of the entry to the technology, and then it's used only between the partner and their particular policyholder, consumer, patient, or so on. So the the privacy lockdown on this is is absolutely paramount to us, and we understand the need for it for our consumers as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's excellent. So, again, Vlado, where can people – is the app available? Like, where can people find out more and track your progress? And, again, if if the app's available, where can they get it?
2: So the the app is only available through our partners. So if they were to be a a user of um, McGregor Fast or Photocracy in the US, they'll be releasing the technology soon. Um, Burn down in San Diego are releasing their wellness and fitness application that will be using it. And we've got a number of insurers working with us at the moment that you'll see releases uh, where the insurers will will give it to their uh, their policyholders. So the best way to know a little bit more about the technology is Go to our website, it's um, www.advancedhumanimaging.com and there are all sorts of uh, details there. They can they can deep dive on the technology. There's lots of videos on how it works, how it's being used that people can have a look at. And there is a uh, inquiry line there, so if anybody has any questions, by all means, send them through and we're happy to always
1: deal with those. Very good. Well, Vlado, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's super interesting what you're doing.
2: Fabulous, Richard. Lovely talking to you. Thank you.
0: If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else?